Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey, everyone. I hope you love the new intro. This is Jen here with P40 Ministries podcast. We are in Matthew chapter 9 today, and we are, well, we're not going to finish out the chapter, but we're going to get pretty close to finishing out the chapter. We're going to be reading to verse 17. So let's start reading verses 9 through 17 today. Go ahead and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. I will be reading out the W.E.B. version as I usually do, but you, of course, can read out of whatever version you prefer. As Jesus passed by from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax collection office, and he said to him, Follow me. He got up and he followed him. As he sat in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are healthy have no need for a physician but those who are sick do. But you go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Hosea 6 verse 6. For I come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then John's disciples came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch would tear away from the garment, and a worse hole is made. Neither do people put new wine into old wineskins, or else the skins would burst, and the wine would be spilled, and the skins would be ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. After reading this, you might be a little bit confused because this entire passage of scripture is kind of like a parable. And sometimes Jesus's parables are a little bit on the confusing side because we don't understand as God understands. And we believe that Jesus is part of the Trinity, who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Jesus is also God. So he understands far more than we can possibly understand, which is why he speaks in parables. But even sometimes those parables go straight over our heads because we're just like, uh, how exactly does that line up with, you know, God and heaven and whatever else? So in verse nine, Jesus is leaving the paralytic man and he sees this man named Matthew who is sitting at the tax collection office and I don't know if you've seen The Chosen or not. That's a very popular series. But Matthew was the OCD tax collector who was like a neat freak and a germaphobic and all sorts of things. But I never pictured Matthew like that. I think that's an interesting take on who Matthew might have been. But I don't picture Matthew like that. I think these tax collectors would have had to be very hard people because tax collectors were hated, absolutely hated in this time of Jewish culture, because these tax collectors would take the taxes from the people, basically gouging them 
Some of them were extremely dishonest and would force the people to give more than they actually were supposed to in order to keep some of those taxes for themselves. So tax collectors were dishonest and they were hated and they would take the money from the people and give it to the Romans who were also extremely hated. So this tax collector, Matthew, I imagine would have to be a very strong man in order to deal with the kind of hatred that people probably spewed at him all the time. So Matthew is sitting at this tax collection office and Jesus says to him, follow me. And he gets up and he follows him. I don't know what Matthew was going through to just get up from his tax collection office and just follow Jesus, but he probably hated his job. And maybe he heard about Jesus and heard about some of the crazy things that Jesus was doing. And he sees Jesus calling to him and he's like, wow. And he gets up and he follows him. He leaves his tax collection job behind. So Matthew takes Jesus to his home and all these different tax collectors and these different sinners come and sit down with Jesus and his disciples. And these would have been people that the Jews at this time hated, you know, not just tax collectors, but different kinds of sinners that sat down with Jesus. So these Pharisees are passing by Matthew's house and they see Jesus sitting there and eating. They're like, why is your teacher eating with these tax collectors and sinners? So they're saying this to Jesus's disciples. They didn't go to Jesus's face, which I found interesting. They didn't go to Jesus. They're taking the easy way out and just trying to talk to his disciples. But Jesus hears it because he is part of the Trinity. He's God. He hears them saying this to his disciples. And he says to the Pharisees, those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick do. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And many people nowadays take what Jesus says here and they twist it almost to say that Jesus is condoning sin. But no, of course not. Jesus is not condoning sin. Never once in scripture does Jesus ever condone sin. But he knows the heart. He knows everything about these people that are sitting with him. And he knows that the Pharisees are hypocrites because the Pharisees believe that they're righteous, but they're no better than these sinners that Jesus is eating with. So Jesus is not only calling out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, but he is saying, I am, I've come to earth to minister to these people. I've come to earth to minister to people who are sinning and tell them to go and sin no more. And I have come to them because I am like a physician. I have come to heal the sick, not to heal those who believe they are not sick. People who don't believe that they're sick don't believe they need a physician. They don't think they need a savior. So they don't come to Jesus as these sinners do. These sinners and these tax collectors. These sinners and these tax collectors want to eat with Jesus. They want to be healed of their sins. Just like that paralytic man that we talked about on Tuesday. Just like him. He wanted to be healed from his sins. And that is the point Jesus is trying to make. And he says to these Pharisees, he says, learn what this verse means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. And he's talking about Hosea 6 verse 6. 
And if we read Hosea 6, verse 6, it says, For I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So what does that mean? It means that God, who is talking to his people at this time through Hosea, he is saying, I desire for you to have mercy for other people, to have love for other people. And I don't desire sacrifices that mean nothing. You're only doing them because it's a tradition for you. You're only doing them because you believe you are righteous if you do these sacrifices. But I desire for you to have mercy and the knowledge of God more than I desire burnt offerings. And Jesus quotes this verse at the Pharisees because they aren't doing this. They're doing the exact opposite of that verse. They are thinking that they are righteous because they do these burnt offerings and these sacrifices and they follow the law they believe to the T, but their hearts are so far from God that they're not righteous at all. And so Jesus tells them to learn that verse from Hosea 6, verse 6. And after this, after he's done talking to the Pharisees, some of John's disciples come up to him and say, so you remember John the Baptist, and these are John the Baptist's disciples. They asked Jesus, how come we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples, they never fast? How come? And Jesus makes another parable and he says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? So he's calling himself the groom. And Jesus and God often liken themselves throughout scripture as the groom and the church or the people or the Christians being the bride. So Jesus says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? No. I mean, (laughs) when the groom is at the wedding, people rejoice. They have this great, awesome wedding ceremony and they drink wine and and they have this big party. So why would you be fasting and mourning when the groom is there? Of course they wouldn't. But Jesus goes on to say that the days are going to come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Because fasting, I think um, I talked about this once before about fasting. Fasting can mean that somebody is mourning. So they are in mourning. And if the groom gets taken away from the bride, people would mourn. You know, say the, the groom dies and is taken away. Of course, the bride and her family and everybody at that party would be in extreme mourning at that point because the groom is no longer there. This bride is now by herself. It's a sad situation. And so Jesus is saying that I am like that. You know, I'm here right now, so people shouldn't be fasting, you know, because why Why would you fast when I'm here with you? But when I'm gone, then you should fast because it'll be a sad situation. And then in verse 16 and 17, he makes another parable, which are similar to each other. So I'll just read those two verses one more time. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch would tear away from the garment and a worse hole is made. Neither do people put new wine into the old wine skins or else the skins would burst and the wine would be spilled and the skins would be ruined. No, they put new wine into fresh wine skins and both are preserved. I was so confused by this part for a really long time. And actually my husband was as well. 
But my mom helped me with this one. And she said that the unshrunk cloth and the new wineskins are representing Jesus. The old wineskins and the old garment in these two parables here are talking about the law. Jesus is bringing a new way of living, not a religion that people are used to, but a new way of living where it's a relationship with God. So this unshrunk cloth or this new cloth, which is what most other versions of the Bible say, they say the new, Jesus says the new cloth can't go on an old garment because the new cloth is new and it's just going to tear away from the old cloth as the old cloth just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And the new cloth will just be nice and new and it will tear away from it. And then there'll be an even bigger hole. And then same with the the new wineskins. No one puts new wine into old wineskins because the old wineskins would probably burst. They'd probably have holes in them and all the wine would be spilled out. So Jesus is saying, you know, it's time to look at a different way of living. He was just talking to these Pharisees in verse 13 about mercy and love rather than religion and burnt offerings. This is the same thing. He's saying we need to start looking at a different way to live, a way of mercy and love and relationship with God rather than the old way of doing things, which was to do burnt offerings and believe that you're righteous and following the law to the T, but not having your heart right with God. So that's what Jesus is talking about here in verses 16 and 17. It's all about the heart. Once again, it's all about a new way of living, living in a relationship with God and with Jesus and having mercy and love towards other people. So this was Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 17. We will probably be finishing out the chapter on Tuesday, so make sure to join me for that 6 a.m. And I just want to let you guys know that if you want to shop at P40 Ministries for any kind of Christmas gifts, today is the last day to do that. It needs to get done today, otherwise There is no guarantee that your gifts will arrive before Christmas. So I will put a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. But I appreciate you guys tuning in and I'm going to ask that you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.